You are listening to episode 31 of the Less Stress, More Fun podcast. It's about time. You are listening to the Less Stress, More Fun podcast. I'm your host, certified coach Lisa Schwaller. Each week, we talk about how you can rise above the stress of modern living so that you can focus your energy on what matters most. All right, let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Let me talk really fast. Let's hurry, hurry to the podcast episode. Ah, this is going to be a fun one. I'm excited about today's topic. Time is a very important concept in modern life, and it's one that seems to be perceived as the source of a lot of stress. If working with the hundreds of people I have over the last few years is any indication, in fact, the topic of time is a central point of discussion with people in my, when I'm coaching them. People want to have more of it. They want to be more disciplined with it. They want to avoid wasting it. They want people to stop wasting their time. <sighs> so many interesting ways, odd ways, actually, to talk about time. And I thought it would make for a really interesting episode. today. We are going to explore commonly held assumptions about time. I'll provide my suggestions for getting better awareness of your own thoughts and beliefs about time. And of course, I will give you insight into my very favorite ways to appreciate time, as I call it, the less stress, more fun way. But let's start at the beginning. Let's look at some common assumptions about time. In fact, even that phrase, let's start at the beginning, like, ooh, what does that mean? Beginning, end, all these ways we orient ourselves to time and place using words. Many of us in the Western world talk about time as if it's a line, linear, moving ever forward. We assume time moves at a consistent pace in a forward fashion because, well, we have clocks and calendars that reinforce this message and so many ways that we use words to describe this kind of mentally kinetic construct. Think about the way we talk about the past and the future. We talk about last month and next week. Projects are planned with a timeline. Now, of course, all of this assumes you're in a culture where time is even recognized as being worthy of your attention in the first place. If you're listening to this, chances are you live in a culture where there are words that describe time and time as a concept. Remember our good friend, our brain hormone, dopamine? Dopamine is activated when we look up and out at the world to all the places we may go. We walk in a direction that we describe as forward. It makes sense, then, that cultures with time as a concept might think of time as linear and forward, like we walk when we're doing dopamine-activated activities. I wonder, this is playful, this is a little fun to think about, what would the language around time be like if we swam in circles all day or even walked backwards 
or in a crazy zigzag sideways pattern. Like, how about this? Uh, you know what? I'll talk to you bottom east week. <laughs> that was even hard to say. That's crazy, right? But it's no m- more crazy or made up or construed than our current ways of talking about time. A second assumption that I hear so often is that time is on par with another made-up concept, money. Finance, money, it's all a human construct. And then we've applied a lot of that language as it relates to time. We are told, and people definitely buy into ideas that you can buy, save, waste, and even be more efficient with your time. A little side note, so that phrase, time is money, is falsely attributed to Benjamin Franklin. He wrote about this concept in the advice to a young tradesman, which is about spending money during leisure and losing the potential income besides. But this quote was actually in the cultural realm when he wrote this. And no wonder, then, we have this connection. It's so bound into our cultural messaging. It's literally a concept, time is money, that has been passed down for generations. You work to trade your hours for money. When you're at leisure, you trade money for goods and experiences, but lose out on the earning more money part. Horrible, slothful people spending the money you've earned. <laughs> it's really interesting when you look at it like a space alien, like, well, of course, you go to work and you earn money and then you spend the money when you're not working. Why would it be otherwise? But this phrase, time is money, like, how dare you take a Saturday off and, you know, go boating <laughs> when you could just go to work and then you wouldn't spend the money, you'd also then earn the money. Ugh, makes my head spin. Money and time have been woven together then by culture and by influential voices. It makes sense then that. I think a lot of us do think of time using financial terms, or at least that's their default programming. But time is not money. You can't get a certificate for an extra 24 hours and put it in your time savings account. No. I think time may be more like air. It does what it does, no matter how you attempt to control it. I don't see many people writing books about how to biohack air to be more efficient. but. Perhaps I'm not paying attention, or maybe that's just a trend waiting to be started. We have all kinds of biohacking. This idea that our mighty human ways can conquer these petty constraints of being a mammal on Earth. Another assumption about time that seems very unusual when you really look at it is that it's universally perceived the same way. Or let me put that another way. I think. A lot of us assume that if you're human, you think and operate with time in the same way. I work with people in cultures around the world and have for decades. I'm familiar with different beliefs about time at a high level, but I found an article that describes the different ways cultures around the world measure time. Ugh, it's linked in the show notes, of course, but I'm not exaggerating when I say that I felt physically disoriented when I read the article. Uh, And 
and the reason is, is that the, they were describing different ways people think time. And it was so out of the norm. Like, it's so out of how my brain has been taught to perceive reality that it was, whew, it was unbelievably interesting, my own reaction to that. Just thinking about that, that another person born in another culture and another location on this same planet could have such a fundamentally different worldview for me. And I found that stupefying. Now my brain is like different religions, no problems. Different beliefs about foods and traditions and other cultural beliefs, no problem. Seeing time differently, brain bonk. <laughs> ah. Well, let me come back to my time. <laughs> I'll get off that mental Willy Wonka river ride back to my own orientation. And we're going to pivot now to focus on your thoughts, your individual beliefs and assumptions about time. Imagine talking to, I don't know, someone from space again about your day. Describe it in detail. Share your frustrations about time, especially as it relates to people and time. Notice if the way you talk about time is linear like that. Do you talk about time as if it's a resource like money? What do you think when I ask you the question, do you have enough time? Are you, as they say, abundant with time? I'll share a few thoughts that I hear regularly from clients. They'll say things like, I wish I was more productive. I need more discipline. <sighs> There's not enough time. They totally wasted my time. Oh, I don't have time for interruptions or to get sick or, as if complaining about this potential for getting sick is going to banish these difficulties to the sidelines, of course we have time. <laughs> If things happen, if we're sick or we have a flat tire, we, we figure it out whether we have time or not. But can you relate to some of these thoughts? Have you thought some of these yourself? Notice for yourself if you have a belief that time can be tamed. If only you were smart enough, clever enough, or had the right system. Now, I mean, obviously, if I ask you that question directly in the context of this conversation, you might say, oh, no, no, I know that I, you know, I know that I can't. But notice if you have a sneaky little belief that time can be tamed. What's interesting, though, is that productivity is actually worsened by our preoccupation with time. As a society, we seem to be rewarded when we're busy. Remember the episode I did on busy thinking, number 26? That it's actually a status symbol to have a frenzied, dysfunctional relationship with time? Which brings me to one of my fun thought games. If time was a person in your life, how would you describe them to one of your closest friends? Would it be a loving, supportive relationship? I don't know. What if time was your very best friend? How would that change your relationship with it? At the end, you know, we start out being the product of the culture we live in. 
But the power of coaching and doing this work of observing our thoughts and deciding on purpose is how you get to live into what works best for you. After all, this is your very own, one-of-a-kind, never-to-be-repeated, wild and precious life. How will you choose how to use time and even conceptualize time while you're still alive to do so? Each one of us has an expiration date. One day we will be at the end of this existence that we know. And I think it's really important to think about your relationship with time. It is one of the most important things. I want to close out with some ways to appreciate time in a way that reduces stress and introduces more play into your world. Here's just a handful of ideas of how you can really very deliberately and consciously and with love develop a wonderful relationship with time in both your mind and in the actions you take. So, of course, first, connecting to your mortality. Consider the average lifespan of your elders and do the math. How many days would be left for you? In both my mom and my dad's side of the family, women live to old age, into their 90s and beyond. And then, of course, you have to consider how you've treated your own body and factor that in. But just for the, the game of it, pick a number that would be your expected end date. Are you likely to live another 10 years? Well, that's 3,650 days. Do you have 30 years remaining? Well, that gives you about 11,000 days. Do you envision having perhaps 60 years left on your clock? Well, congrats, you have almost 22,000 days remaining. Well, and if you have that kind of time left, you're getting a head start on using those days well by being very conscious of your programming through listening to this podcast. Tell your friends. <laughs> Notice what comes up in your body and your mind when you consider how many days you may have remain. I am going to share with you that I feel exhilarated. How many days do I have left to write this podcast? How many days will I be coaching people on having more fun and less stress in their life? Oh, how many days left will I be able to hug my sons before they go to school? And how many days do I have where I'll drive them to practice or some activity while we're singing Bee Gees songs? A few years ago, I read an article by Tim Urban. It's on the Wait But Why website. Ugh, at the time, and I wasn't an active coach at that time, it was like a punch in the gut. He breaks down his remaining life into things like the number of Super Bowls he'll likely watch or pizzas that he'll eat or Chinese takeout. The article's called The Tail End, and it's the first link in the show notes. I actually really love the idea of counting my remaining life terms in terms of tacos to be eaten, but I don't think I can count that high. <laughs> Another suggestion I have for you is to make decisions about whether you'll feel time guilt. Ugh. After all, does it help to talk about time like this out-of-control monster that you can't control? If time is more like air than money, 
Just think about how silly it would be to say, oh, I'm not breathing air very well. I need to be more disciplined about how I use air. Or do you think about, oh, I don't know if there's enough air for me today. Think about that. What if we talked about air the way we talk about time? And here's another game you can play. Notice for yourself if you have an excited or resistant reaction to thoughts like, I have the same amount of time as everyone, which means I have the same opportunities to create what I want as anyone. Ooh, isn't that interesting to think about? How about this thought-question combination? I can use my time complaining about time, or I can decide to get to work. What is my choice right now? And this one, I love this one. How about this thought? I have all the time I need for what I am saying yes to. Which brings me to, well, spend your yeses like they're irreplaceable tokens, because they are. If you're saying yes to more than you have time for, then maybe you need to recalibrate the value of your yes. When you say yes, you are also saying no. Yes, I will work out every day. And no, I won't use that time for anything else. Yes, I will record this podcast today. And that time won't be used for anything else. I choose my yeses with all of my heart. Just like I get this breath and it is expired. It has moved on. So I really, really choose yes wisely and deliciously the way I do my breaths. And when I choose my yeses with all of my heart, well, it really reduces the stress I feel because I've simply decided that there's no place I'd rather be. My yeses are the most valuable currency in my life, to bring it back to that money metaphor. Ah, how fun. Today we talked about commonly held assumptions about time, big picture concepts, suggestions for seeing your own individual thoughts and beliefs about time, and of course I gave you a few ideas for how to play with that relationship with time. And now it's time for Coach Lisa's homework. And this week, notice all the ways you talk about time and pay close attention to how the people in your life talk about time. Notice when you say yes, but the rest of your body's wisdom says no. <laughs> Just pay attention. And then after observing yourself and the people around you for about a week, then maybe set an appointment with yourself and say, what did I learn? What did I learn from observing people and make decisions? Do you want to make changes in how you think and talk about time? Words are powerful. Do you want to make changes in what you're saying yes to? And I want to wrap this up, but I do want to take a little time to close with a little culture club. <laughs> so there was this song called Time, Clock of the Heart. And, you know, it's, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and try to sing them. <laughs> As self-conscious as that makes me, I do think it's kind of funny, and this is the More Fun Podcast. But you and me, you know we've got nothing but time, and time won't give me time. 
So go to look that up. Of course, the link is in the show notes. And, you know, a little culture club can make you feel like you're spending your time in a very playful way. Thanks for saying yes to this today, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying what you're learning, I'd love to have you as a member of the Less Stress, More Fun community on Facebook. Join me there to continue the conversation from the podcast. Plus, you'll get access to things I share only with community members. I'll talk to you next week.